0: My name is Jay Shrigling and I'm the host. We are back here for another week of the Arkansas Sticks times JKR podcast interview series. Got three episodes this week coming your way. We're going to move on to more of the college side of things instead of the high school prospects, some of the pro guys we've had on here these first couple of weeks of the Arkansas Sticks series. Um, today we're going to go ahead, we're going to get started with the college side of things with incoming sophomore shortstop at Arizona State, recently just transferred from Arkansas. We got Drake Farnado on the podcast. Great interview here today. You guys are really going to enjoy it. But just dig into the rest of this week, what we got going on. Two more great episodes besides today. Tomorrow we've got Texas A&M sophomore pitcher. We got Troy Wansing on the podcast, and then Sunday to wind off week three. We got Notre Dame catcher Joey Spence on the podcast as well. Um, just a little bit more background on Drake. He was actually selected by the Arizona Diamondbacks in 2021 in the 17th round, so obviously we'll be digging that a little bit today. Um, he also has a good chance to be that everyday shortstop going into this season as a sophomore at Arizona State, um, so really cool really cool to dig into that a little bit. Kind of really excited for him. Uh, but just overall today, we kind of discussed his draft story, what was going on in his head, um, how, just how that whole draft week unraveled. We dig into his advisor selection process as well. Obviously, everyone knows here who's listening to the podcast trying to be an agent, so I dig into that with pretty much every player I get on the podcast. Um, also dig into the outlook on this spring, uh, what, the, what the guys, what Arizona State's uh, expectations are, what the, his expe- expectations are for his season coming up, and much more. Digging his entire career so far. Um, so let's dig into it, and I hope you guys enjoy it. And welcome back to the JKR Podcast. Today we have former Arkansas stick, 2021 MLB draft pick, and an incoming Arizona State sophomore, Drake Farnado, on the show. Drake, super pumped to get you on the show, man. How are you doing today?
1: I'm good. I appreciate it. How are you?
0: I'm doing good, man. So one question I do like to ask everybody as soon as they get on the podcast is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Drake Farnado?
1: Uh, I'm just from a small town in Texas. Uh, Just, you know, love baseball, love to get after it, and yeah
0: awesome that's what we love to hear uh so let's to get it started let's kind of dig into your initial recruiting process to where you ended up at Arkansas so kind of take us through how did that recruiting process get started for you and when did you start talking to some of these division one teams
1: uh so I got my first offer going I think it was the first fall of my eighth grade year from Louisiana Lafayette uh kind of went through that whole deal super early uh Originally committed to South Carolina, uh, ended up decommitting. And first fall at IMG, just kind of opened things up, kind of I don't, nothing against South Carolina or anything, kind of just wanted to see what other options were out there since it was super early. Didn't really know at that age. I mean, I was 14 years old, didn't know what I was looking for in a college. Uh, so just opened it back up, uh, went up to Arkansas, fell in love with it and ended up there.
0: Yeah. So you ended up committing to South Carolina as a freshman, then I take it?
1: Yeah, freshman. Yes, sir.
0: So what was it at South Carolina that kind of stood out initially to where you're like, okay, I think I kind of want to go play there. Obviously, being young, young, you still didn't go through the whole process at that point. So what was it that initially stood out?
1: Uh, To be completely honest with you, I was 14 years old and I was like, saw the, you know, the SEC and all that. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. I really want to play in the SEC. Uh, And to be honest with you, the biggest thing was, like I said, I was 14 years old. I was like, I'm getting as far away from my parents as I can especially from being from Texas. So yeah.
0: So when you did open that recruitment back up and you decommitted from South Carolina, how long was it before t- other teams started reaching back out to you and uh, you started talking to coaches again?
1: Uh, I'd say, man, that was three years ago. Uh, let me think, probably a week or two, maybe, if that.
0: So, so take us through that. After you decommit from South Carolina, what are some conversations you're having with teams? Who are some other teams that you're talking to and how long was it before um, you actually did commit to Arkansas?
1: Um, so, kind of going through the whole process, I decommitted and then kind of, I guess, put myself back out, you know, through social media and everything that, you know, I was back back available to, you know, join somebody else's recruiting class. Uh, and through that time, I'd say I really didn't have any aspiration to play outside of the SEC. So, I really kind of narrowed it down to – really three schools and it was between Arkansas, LSU, and Auburn. Those were right. really the the three that I would want to go play for. And yeah, so when it came Arkansas.
0: down to that when it came down to those five, that final decision when you were deciding between those three teams, kind of compare what was going through your mind when you thought about each school and what was it that kind of led you to choose an Arkansas to, to start out with.
1: Um, I'd say the biggest thing was, you know, just the success of the program. Uh, it, at that time, you know, Arkansas had been to whatever it was, four four or five straight College World Series and really wanted to play in Omaha and all that, so.
0: Yeah. So when you did get to Arkansas, so you played your freshman season last spring at Arkansas, kind of take us through what fall ball was like, be just being a freshman, playing for a good program like that, all the way up to when the season started.
1: Yeah. Uh, so coming in, honestly, I had no clue, like, about anything about fall ball or whatever, uh, or how it was kind of ran. Uh, you know, it's, it's pretty tough as a freshman especially. You're trying to, it's your first semester in college, you know, you're trying to balance school and fall ball and performing and everything. Uh, but it was, it was fun looking back on it.
0: Yeah. So going back into your freshman year at Arkansas, just looking at looking into it, like what, who were some of the relationships you built, uh, re, who were some of the guys that you built relationships with and overall, what were some of your favorite experiences you had um, in your freshman year at Arkansas?
1: Uh, some of the guys that, you know, I, I really bonded with was uh, probably Kendall Diggs, Jude Putz, uh, you know, really just just the freshman, I guess, infielder class. Uh, you know, we we all lived in the same apartment complex and all that. And uh, as far as, you know, good times go, uh, really just, you know, seeing, seeing whatever, you know, probably my first at bat, honestly, you know, walking up, seeing my name on the scoreboard, you know, a bunch of people in the stands. It was... Uh, Pretty cool.
0: So yeah. and Baum Walker's pretty legit stadium. So that's that's a pretty cool place to experience that at.
1: Yeah, it was uh, pretty surreal, surreal. Yeah.
0: So when so you ended up transferring? I think it was you entered the transfer portal before the season ended. Correct.
1: Yes. Okay. Correct. So
0: when was it? When was it that those thoughts started to pop into your head that maybe okay maybe Arkansas is a great program maybe I can do do better somewhere else? When did those thoughts start uh, popping into your head?
1: Um, I can't really give you a specific timeline. But, uh, you know, really my just thought process of it was, you know, at the end of the day, I know I'm young and, uh, you know, I want to you know, go somewhere where I can, you know, earn the opportunity to help some team win. And, you know, that's how my conversation went down was, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, I wasn't in, in, in the big picture really able to help this team win. I wasn't really given the opportunity. So, uh, you know, just want to go play somewhere I can help the team win.
0: So when you did decide to enter that transfer portal, what was that? What is that process like? So is there certain paperwork you have to fill out? Do you have to tell your coaches first? Can I take us through what that process was like just entering that actual transfer portal?
1: Yeah. So I think the number one thing you have to do is you have to notify your coaches, which I was going to do regardless, but uh, yeah. So basically you just watch this module type thing. It kind of, I don't remember the ins and outs of it, but it's some 30-minute module. You knock that out, and basically you sign a release form with the compliance office that once you sign it or whatever, that your financial aid goes away at the university that you're at, and then uh, you're in the portal.
0: So when you did officially enter that transfer portal, what was the, uh, when did teams start reaching out to you? Because obviously all these college teams are still in season. So when was it that all these other colleges started reaching out? And who were some of those schools that you were looking into on this kind of like the second recruiting, the second recruiting process?
1: Right. So the time that I actually entered, I think I went home on on a Friday. I drove from Fayetteville after we got back from the SEC tournament, drove home, uh, didn't end up getting into the portal until that following Monday. And I just got to the airport and the compliance guy from Arkansas texted me. He's like, hey, uh, just let you know, you're officially in the portal. And as soon as that text got through, it's like I got 20 calls in the next 10 minutes. And, you know, I'm trying to go through airport security with my family. We're going, you know, my sister's senior trip, I'm getting blown up. And I was just school after school. And, you know, it was, it was, it was tough to kind of, you know, filter it all away. You know, I was trying to spend time with my family and all that. So, but, uh, but no, it was, it was was pretty cool. Yeah.
0: So what are some of those conversations like when you're having with coaches, when you're talking to coaches who are trying to recruit you already, that you'll be an incoming sophomore when you're going to their school. Um, What are some of those conversations like with some of those schools?
1: Um, I'd say the biggest thing in the conversation is, you know, they're just trying to get, you know, where your head's at. You know, you have a lot of, a lot of different programs around the country. And obviously, you know, certain people look for different things in a university, whether it might be you're transferring to a JUCO or a a mid-major or another big school, SEC school or whatever. So I'd say, you know, just, you just got to give them a feel of, you know, what you're looking for and, yeah
0: yeah so how would you compare the recruiting process you went through after after being in the transfer portal compared to when you were being recruited as a high school kid going to be a freshman at whatever university you went to
1: um I'd say night and day difference uh you know throughout high school it's like it's like it's kind of a a status quo of you know I'm going to be committed or whatever to this college or whatever it's you know I'd say Going through the transfer portal for me, it was it was more of a, a real feeling because it's like, all right, I got whatever, four months and I'm going to be at a different school. So, you know, I kind of got to kind of got to figure this out. And it's just it's a lot. It's a lot more real conversations. Yeah.
0: So who were some of those schools that you kind of honed in on when you were going through the whole transfer portal?
1: Uh, obviously one, Arizona State, uh, really liked LSU a lot, uh, talked to Oregon a lot. Uh, also I talked to a lot. Talked to. Oh, I haven't even thought about this in a while. Uh, really like Texas, and at the end of the day, I kind of narrowed it down to just Arizona State or or Texas. So. Okay.
0: So kind of compare between Arizona State and Texas. What was it that made you want to go to each school, and what was it that put Arizona State on top when it came to to the end of it?
1: Um, I'd say the biggest thing was definitely you know the the weather throughout the whole the whole transfer portal process. Uh, you know, going to high school in Florida for two years, it's you kind of get spoiled by that warm weather every day, and uh, just kind of miss that while I was at Arkansas. I was I was cold whenever I was up there, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, it was you know Arizona State. You know, they just told me they kept it real with me, and you know, told me that you know I could come in and be a dude, and yeah, that's really what separated it out.
0: So, be, so being from Texas and playing at IMG for two years in Florida, did you have any prior relationship with that ASU coaching staff? Did they have any kind of – did they recruit you at all out of high school? Or was this kind of your first time talking to them when they reached out for the transfer portal?
1: Uh, as far as the staff goes, it was their first time. Uh, this last past season was their first year. So whenever I was getting recruited in the first place, it was the, uh, the old staff, so –
0: so how long, so Arizona State's in Tempe, Arizona. So how long was it before you actually went to Tempe after you actually did commit to ASU?
1: Um, I committed while I was here uh, and I came out here maybe the, who f- I don't remember, maybe three or four weeks after I entered the portal. So maybe sometime in June. Okay.
0: So was, when you did enter the, the portal, was school still going on for, at Arkansas or were you pretty much done with school at that point?
1: No, we were completely finished. Okay, so with you
0: being there in Tempe now since you said July, how like what, what's what's cool? What's something cool to go do in Tempe? Like, how have you liked Tempe so far?
1: Uh, I love it out here. You know, you're you're close. You're ten minutes from the D Back Stadium. Uh, you know, during the summer it was nice. We got to play a lot of golf for for pretty cheap. I mean, there's TPC Scottsdale. There's all these nice courses around here. Uh, but I'd say the the funnest thing that we've done so far is out about 30 minutes away it's called the salt river uh you'd never think in a million years in the middle of the desert there's a flowing river where you can float on tubes and stuff so we knocked that out out a couple times this summer so it's pretty fun
0: yeah so with you going through fall ball now school's been in session now maybe four or five weeks fall ball's been going on a while like what's the outlook on this upcoming spring in your head like where are you at on the depth chart that you think of uh what's it what's it looking like playing time wise next spring
1: Uh, to be honest, we haven't started playing yet, so we, uh, we really haven't got a a good feel of, I guess, how everybody plays, but, you know, I'm, I'm pretty confident going into, into the fall, start, start playing here in about, I think, two and a half or three weeks, so I'm feeling, feeling pretty confident, you know, feel, uh, pretty dialed in right now, so.
0: So, being, being with the, being in school now for a while, like, who are some of the guys that you've kind of became closest with and kind of built some pretty good bonds with since, uh joining ASU
1: uh so one of my roommates we uh went to high school together before I moved to IMG uh Christian Curtis he uh transferred in from a and uh you know he's he's going to be a big piece of this uh this whole thing coming together in the spring uh so definitely him it's good to you know live with him again and uh probably the biggest one is Luke Kieschel from uh University of San Francisco uh you know Day we got here, we we kind of shook each other's hand and was like, "Listen, we're we're going to play the middle infield together this year, and you know if if we don't, you know we've we've gone wrong somewhere." So, yeah. you know we we kind of go about the day. If you know, there's never an excuse to work. So, you know we're we're up at the field early mornings every day, even on off days and everything. So, we're uh, we're pretty like minded and just getting after it.
0: Yeah, so you mentioned IMG Academy there. You played there for two seasons. I mean, that's a pretty IMG Academy is pretty well known around the nation for a lot of different sports. So, kind of take us through what it's like being a student athlete at IMG Academy. Kind of what the days are like. What's it like being a student athlete there? Uh, just kind of take us through that whole thing a little bit.
1: Um, so my junior year, that would be the COVID year. That was my first year at IMG. Uh, I stayed in the dorms on campus and. Uh, you know it was it was a little bit of adjustment for me i I just started driving so you know I had to put that on pause uh, but you know it, it was fun just I guess learning how to go about your business you know the right way uh, I think the biggest thing for me was time management uh, that's what what I really took out from that you know it's super easy to say you know oh, I'm not gonna do this homework or you know or whatever it's you know it's it's it was tough for me getting kind of adjusted you know mom's not there to do your laundry anymore or do the dishes or do whatever cookie dinner you know it's all it's all on your own but uh no it it was fun uh like I said first year I was in the dorms and then uh my senior year got an apartment off campus and uh really got after it and uh had a good senior year so it, it was a lot of fun
0: yeah, I'm sure. So being being at IMG you kind of have to be like a a college student maybe like a couple of years ahead of time when most people get used to it. So what was that what was that biggest transition biggest adjustment for you and like how did you grow the most kind of go being on your own being away from your parents kind of 2 years ahead of time where most people do leave the house.
1: Um honestly, you know, it was like it was just another I guess turning from high school to college, you know, it was just like it's just another day for me. Uh you know, I've been doing it for 2 years and you know, it was little to no adjustment, you know, going from high school to college. And, uh, yeah, just really, really knowing how important time management is in, in the real world. Uh, I think that was probably the biggest thing for me was uh, realizing at such a young age, or not young, but like had, kind of had a head start of, you know, a taste for the real world of, of somewhat. And, uh and Yeah.
0: Yeah. So how, how did you get connected with IMG Academy? Like when did, when did, when did you start talking to the coaches there? What was that decision factor that made you actually want to go to Florida play at IMG instead of playing in Texas?
1: Uh, honestly, it was, it was really just my advisor uh, at the time. He uh, just said they reached out and, you know, they'd love to have you and all that. So thought about it. My, my parents, we went back and forth on it, back and forth. Mom wanted me to stay in the house. You know, dad was whatever dad wanted me to, you know, better myself and all that good stuff. Uh, But yeah, I just ended up doing it. And, you know, I think it's one of the best decisions I've ever made.
0: Yeah. So play, so playing high school ball for your freshman sophomore year in Texas, what do you say about Texas high school baseball? I know people say that's probably the best state when it comes to high school baseball. So what, what do you say about high school baseball in Texas?
1: Uh, I mean, I honestly, I just think it's just like anywhere else. You know, it's hit and miss. You know, you're gonna have those guys that are, you know, draft guys or power five guys or big D ones or whatever, and then you know, you're gonna have those, you know, kind of like in college, kind of like midweek games. Uh, you know, it's it's everywhere. Uh, but no, it, it was fun playing first two years in Texas.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned your advisor there. He was kind of he kind of gave you the idea of going to IMG. So like I said, before we started recording, that's what I'm trying to be as an advisor slash agent once I do graduate from school here in a couple of years. Um, so kind of take us through what was that advisor selection process? How did your advisor and possibly even other advisors you didn't choose? How were they reaching out to you?
1: Uh, they would just call me or text me. Uh, you know, it's, it's not kind of like all the rules with college coaches when they can't text you past a certain point or whatever. So they would just reach out, call on the phone or whatever, if they were close enough, would go out to even my family stuff like that. But I'd say the selection process, it was really pretty easy for me where I hit at in, in uh, Texas. I hit with a bunch of pro guys and all that. And they're all his guys. He was always around, you know, since I've been whatever, 14 or 15. So it was kind of just no doubt for me. Yeah.
0: So with you being a, a draft prospect coming out of high school, when did advisors kind of start reaching out to you?
1: Um, I think probably about the same time I started getting a lot of interest in, you know, bigger power five schools for college, uh, probably freshman year is whenever they started reaching out a lot.
0: Okay. So you said it was an easy selection process for you just because of all the pro guys that you hit with and just overall all all of those aspects. But when you were going through that decision-making process on an advisor, what were some of the key things that you were looking for?
1: Um, I'd say the biggest thing, you know, is was just a relationship. Uh, you know, it's, it's pretty hard for you to trust somebody, you know, pretty much with your career, you know, going, especially going out of high school, you know, if you're going to go to college or if you're going to go to pro, I'd say, you know, the relationship is the biggest thing. And, you know, just having trust with that guy, uh, you know, my family is super important to me and you know, I just wanted my family and me too, to be comfortable with whoever I ended up going with.
0: Yeah. So you were hitting with some pro guys down there in Texas. You don't have to tell me who they were or anything, but when you are, playing when you are training with some pro guys, what are some ways that you're kind of go about picking their brain, just kind of learning through their experiences and kind of just seeing what they've been through?
1: Honestly, just watching them, you know, whether it's hitting or taking ground balls or whatever, you know, I think the biggest thing that I've, you know, kind of taken away from whenever I was younger and didn't really understand, you know, really what level it took to, you know, play at that level was I just watch them, you know, they've, Whenever they're fielding a the ground ball, they've seen that ground ball ten thousand times. You know, it's 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 all about just consistency and work. You know, so just really watching them, picking their brains sometimes, whether it's something with their hands when we're sw- when we're swinging or striding or whatever it might be. Yeah.
0: So learning from those pro guys, going to IMG where it's a first class first uh, first class high school organization, playing for Coach Brewster with the sticks. Just who are a handful of guys who have probably been the most influential on your baseball career so far.
1: Uh, I'd say, you know, I love Brewster. Brewster's my guy. Uh, you know, Brewster's done a lot for me. Uh, I love me and my family love Brewster. Uh, he's a big one. Uh, you know, obviously my advisor, he's done a lot for me. Uh, Joe Brennan, uh, then some other guys, uh, you know, I grew up playing with, uh, the gladiators, man, my dad and one of his buddies, uh, Morgan Walker, you know, he played with the Pittsburgh pirates forever. Uh, great dude, really, really helped me, uh, Kind of learned the game of baseball. I still say to this day, he's the reason why I love baseball. So, some big guys there.
0: So, you mentioned Coach Brewster. That's the reason we got connected. Let's dig into him and the Arkansas Sticks a little bit. So, how did you first get connected with the Arkansas Sticks, especially with you being there in Texas, kind of a couple states away from Arkansas?
1: Uh, So, it's kind of a funny story. So, my freshman year, whenever I was committed to South Carolina, we went out. I was playing with uh, Elite Squad, and we came out here, actually, to Arizona. And I pitched against the sticks in the championship game and beat them. And then it was kind of funny, like, I don't know what it was, six months or maybe a year after uh, I was playing with Louisiana Knights with Josh Pearson. Uh, he's at LSU and he comes out. He came out and played in this tournament. Uh, here with him every year. So he texts me. He's like, yo, I know you beat us last year or whatever. Whenever I picked up with him, uh, do you want to come play? I was like, yeah, let me talk to your coach or whatever. So Brewster texted me. And that was funny. I was actually reading the text messages the other day. And uh, just came out and played with them. And that's whenever I ended up decommitting. And uh, uh, decommitted from South Carolina or whatever. And then uh, committed to Arkansas. I was like, it's just a great fit. So I'm going to yeah. play the rest of my summer ball with, with old Brewster.
0: Yeah. So was that was that two summers you got to play with Brewster or is it three?
1: Uh, I played – I think I just played one, maybe. No, maybe I did play two. I, only, I I couldn't tell you. Yeah. So how did your
0: relationship with Coach Brewster and just all those guys on the Arkansas sticks, how did it evolve over time uh, going from playing with them that one tournament to playing with them quite a bit?
1: Uh, I'd say they kind of – I guess it all started, you know, by committing to Arkansas. And just I wanted to play with some of the guys, you know, that I was going to be on campus with. And, uh, yeah, just – it's just traveling a lot, you know, you're with those guys for pretty much the whole summer. Uh, you know, Brewster's a great dude, him and his wife. Uh, they've done a lot for me and a lot of other people. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of pissed at him for all of the uh, the hype that he's getting right now. After I left, can't play with him anymore. He's been getting all the black cobra media, all the pictures, all the videos. So, yeah. we, we didn't have that whenever I was playing with him, but uh, but no, I'm, I'm happy for him. He's uh, he, he works hard.
0: Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy the amount of Arkansas commits he he has on his team every year. I feel
1: oh, yeah.
0: like was it was it might have been your class or maybe the class after that. It was like I think it was like 12, 13 guys were on his team all committed to Arkansas. Like, I, know, I, don't,
1: I don't know if it was ours, but we, oh, it was we, we, it was twenty-two. We it
0: was, cool. You're you're twenty-one. It was the twenty-two class. So this incoming freshman, like I feel like all of them played on his Arkansas sticks team. Like it's it was crazy, yeah. and that's yeah, kind of but, how I go ahead. That's kind of how I ran into him was through Black Cobra Media because I I had Black Cobra on when I first started the podcast. And just with me trying to gain connections, I had Willie Black Cobra on. And I just saw him always posting about the Arkansas Sticks. And obviously I'd look into him. I'd be like, there's an Arkansas commit. There's an Arkansas commit. It's and then overall, I mean on this year's teams, I mean he has LSU, Vandy, all the I mean, it's just crazy the amount of national spotlight that that Brewster and the Sticks have. But
1: oh absolutely. It's uh (laughs) It's crazy to kind of look at, you know, my freshman year, whenever I pitched against them and then, you know, kind of look at where it is now. Uh, it was fun playing with them. We, we had a good team. You know, we had uh, Braylon Bishop. He ended up signing uh, Tanner Smith at Oregon State. I'm sure he'll be the starting catcher there this year. Uh, we had some dudes on that team. Noah Smith at Louisville. It was fun.
0: Yeah. So with you kind of being an insider of that program of the Arkansas Sticks, what do you think has led to the Arkansas Sticks' success and just their growth here these past couple of years?
1: Honestly, I just think it's how genuine Chase Brewster is. You know, there's there's not a better dude on this on this planet. You know, I think, it, a, lot, I think a lot of things that say what people are about, you know, it's just their intention. And 100% dude has the best intentions in the world. You know, he wants to make every kid to the best of their potential, you know. Not everybody's going to be, you know, a, the first round draft pick or whatever. But you know, whatever that ceiling is for everybody, Chase Brewster's going to—he's going to try to, you know, get to that ceiling for you. I've
0: definitely—I've definitely got that vibe from him. Just talking to play- before I actually connected with Brewster, I had a couple of his his like current travel ball players on, and I just felt like all the guys who are part of the Arkansas Sticks program are just like good, genuine people. And talking mm-hmm. to Brewster, I had him on. It was like a two-hour phone call that we had. And it was just like me, like I mean, this guy's like true, truly legit, like he's a genuine dude. But are yeah. you able are you able to stay connected with him now that you've kind of left the program and now you're playing college ball? Does he still k- stay connected with some of you guys?
1: Oh yeah, we we stay in touch. Uh you know, like I said, he's he's a good dude. Uh the dude that, you know, I hope I have the opportunity, you know, stay in the rest of my life with. So uh love Brewster to death. He's a man.
0: Yeah. All right, so let's let's move on a little bit to your MLB draft experience in 2021. Um so you were drafted I believe it was the 17th round I think I saw, to the Arizona yep, Diamondbacks. So, so kind yeah, of t- right. if, take us through that pre-draft experience, um that spring at IMG, what it was like talking to some coaches, uh, talking to some uh teams and some front offices all the way up to your actual selection in the t- the MLB draft that year.
1: Um so Kind of dating it back even before the spring, uh, you know, playing with Brewster. That's That last summer is, you know, kind of your draft summer, if you will, kind of showcase circuit. But uh, played the summer with Brewster. Uh, came into the fall. Uh, you know, was didn't really have the summer that I was hoping to have. Uh, but came into the fall at IMG. Uh, you know, knew that I had a lot of work to do. Uh, tore my oblique, actually. So I was out all fall. Didn't get to swing again until Christmas break. And I was like, man, I got, I got some work to do. So, uh, I spent like, I don't know. I think it was right around a month. I stayed in the hotel room for a month hitting with the pro guys during the off season and Houston and, uh, get up to the spring. Uh, you know, wasn't really a, a, a bigger name for the draft. Uh, and just went about it, uh, started playing the year, uh, just started off okay. And then midway through the year, you know, just kind of picked up, uh, took, took some good arms deep, uh, played really well, you know, had all the, all the scouts around us, you know, some of the, some of the names on that team, is just insane. You know, you have Tommy tanks, James wood, uh, Mason Albright, drew gray, uh, just all those guys. So all the scouts were there watching them. And, you know, I kind of, kind of used that to my advantage to where I was in, you know, had interest in signing, didn't know if if it was going to work out or whatever. So just kind of put my nose down, grinded and used their, you know, spotlight or fame, if you will, with scouts. And, you know, just kind of drew the attention to me a little bit too. And uh, started talking to some more and more teams throughout the year. Once things started, you know, kind of heating up for me. Uh, And then once we ended, uh, did a couple workouts, uh, and then went to summer school early in June in Arkansas. Uh, and then funny thing was is, you know, I kind of always told myself that I wanted to have a funny draft story. So first day goes by, uh, heard one, heard from the twins that day, turned it down, and then, you know, hoping, whatever, that still was optimistic about, you know, kind of getting an overpay. Uh, then third day, I think that was ten through twenty. Had thought I was going to be in the twelfth for an overpay, didn't happen. So then I was like, "All right, I'm just going to go," you know, talk to Nate Thompson, uh, tell him you know I'm all in. So I'm with my family, me and my dad. We we ride our scooters. We're sitting in Nate Thompson's office, and he's kind of got his monitor over to the side with the draft pulled up. And all I remember hearing is we're in the middle of a conversation. He's like. Di- there's a diamondbacks like drake Barnado. like wow I, I just took my name off off the draft board on twitter like i'm out and uh they call me or whatever and it was like you know uh wouldn't have signed you if you didn't or wouldn't have drafted you if you didn't if we didn't think you, we could sign you uh doesn't look like we're going to be able to sign our first round pick so what it just kind of went from there and yeah
0: yeah so when you are when you are having so you said you had you talked to the twins on day one talked to a couple other teams before you were selected in the seventeenth round and kind of took your name out of the, the draft through Twitter, uh, what what's going through your mind when you're talking to teams that early in the draft and you're thinking okay there's a chance that maybe I maybe I sign with them the, all the the money conversations happen and then you don't like what's your mindset when you're talking to those couple teams at the day one day two,
1: um honestly you know. And I don't even know. I think I think the biggest thing for me was, you know, I was one of the guys where I wasn't really a like willing to, you know, take a pay cut just to be a, you know, a day one pick or whatever. I wasn't into that. Uh, I think I think the biggest thing was just staying true to, you know, what you've told your support team. You know, it's it's easy for uh for a lot of people to, you know, say say whatever, say that the Astros come in and offer you a low slot or whatever that's easy for some people to be like, all right, I'm taking it or whatever, changing your number right there. And then it's like, you know, there's between your advisor and your parents, it's, it's a lot of emotional support in between your season and the actual draft. Uh, You know, I think for most kids, they don't realize how much your agent advisor or whatever actually does for you leading up into the draft. Uh, But yeah, it's a, it's there's a lot going through your mind, but I think just staying staying true to your true to your what you've told everybody is yeah. was my biggest thing.
0: Yeah. So after after getting selected by the Diamondbacks, how long was it that those discussions went on before you were like, hey guys, like I'm not gonna sign with you, I'm going to Arkansas, I'm gonna go play in Fayetteville. So how long how long was it after you got drafted that you were for sure going to Arkansas?
1: Um, so they called me right after they picked me. I think it was like, I don't know, maybe two hours after I sent the tweet out, you know, thanking all the clubs or whatever for the interest, but you know, I'm going to Arkansas. And uh, they called me and was like, told me what they said. And then uh, was, what did they say? And then they said, what I just told you about not signing their first round pick. It's like, all right, you know, I'll, I'll stay optimistic about it, but you know, I'm not going to like jump out of my seat and get overexcited, you know, and you know, these, these dudes are relying on me here too. Yeah. So it was just at the end of the day, they ended up finding money for him and uh, ended up in Arkansas.
0: Yeah. So going back into your, your, you would say you draft summer and then that fall ball and then playing up mm-hmm. with Tommy Tanks and all those other guys. When you are talking to scouts before it actually becomes like talking to front offices, talking to executives in the front office, what are some of those conversations like when you're talking to some of those area scouts, some of those um, amateur scouts?
1: Um, I'd say the biggest thing is, you know, just kind of getting a, a feel of, you know, the person you are, you know, what you're about, uh, you know, what kind of family you grew up in, uh, really just kind of getting to know you more of a, of a personal connection than a, you know, a, a baseball standpoint. Uh, yeah.
0: So you, you said you did get that chance to do have to have some pre draft workouts with a couple teams. Um, so just kind of take us through what some of those workouts are like, do a couple teams, have different ways of going about it, um, and just what the average day looks like when you're going through a, a pre-draft workout with a team.
1: Right. Uh, so I'll, I ended up, I did two, I think. I did the Padres, which was just right down the street from IMG. And then I did the Reds, which was in Houston, uh, where I train at. And uh, it's I don't even know how to explain how they go. It's just, it's kind of just like a showcase. You know, you, you take around balls and then you, you hit BP and stuff around the 60 if you want to. Uh, but, you know, my kind of thought process is, you know, as a high school, you have the most leverage out of, you know, getting more money that you can. And, uh, you know, I just, I didn't want to lose the leverage of, you know, flying out to 30 different ballparks and doing 30 different workouts. And uh, looking back, I probably would have done a couple more than I did. But, uh, no, it, it was, it was
0: fun. Yeah. So are you a draft eligible sophomore or are you going to be a junior when you're eligible again?
1: No, I'll be junior eligible. Okay.
0: All right. Yep. Um, so I just, I got a couple more questions here before we ended off. Um, the zoom meeting's about to end. So I'll just, okay. instead of just usually what I'll do, if I have like a lot of questions, I'll just resend the zoom link. I'll just try to get these last couple of questions in pretty quickly. and we will end up from there. Um, so um, just these last couple of questions. So personal scouting report, let's say you are a scout watching your game can be on the field in the batter's box in the dugout, interacting with your teammates. What is your personal scouting report on yourself?
1: Um, you know, personal scouting report, let's see. Uh, you know, I, I, I like to impact the game with my speed. Uh, you know, I try to have, the best impact on my teammates as I can. You know, it's, it's tough showing up to the field every day, trying to get after it. But uh, you know, I I think it's just kind of an energy thing feeding into each other. Uh, And yeah, just, you know, doing whatever it takes to get by. Yeah. So So
0: moving, moving beyond the baseball field, what are some passions that you've mentioned golf, you've mentioned going on the salt, the salt um, lake, salt Lake river is what you mentioned. Yeah. Salt river. Yeah. Yep. So you mentioned that. So what are some of your passions, Beyond the baseball field when you're not on the ball diamond
1: uh, huge outdoorsman I'm big avid hunter and avid fisherman so
0: yeah all right one one last question I like to ask these guys I like to ask this question to all my college guys I get on with name image and likeness a new thing that you guys are able to you know make a little bit of cash for your name image and likeness endorse a brand or whatever it happens to be what would be one dream brand that you would love to endorse either now or one day when you're a pro ball player
1: um man that's a good one uh and I don't know really just whatever uh you know I think with the NIL stuff it's it's hard for me to narrow down one because it's you know you just you kind of take a couple pictures click a couple keys and post it out and you get yeah. paid for it so just just whatever uh you know I've, I've done a couple so it, it's it's pretty fun
0: what are what are some of the NIL deals you've done so far
1: Uh, i've done i've got texas roadhouse uh just got one with diamond kinetics i just sent that out this week uh and i just got one with a new uh new grip grip people it's like it goes on your index and middle finger and it helps you stay through the ball or something so pretty cool i just just like trying new stuff out so
0: what's the what's the texas roadhouse one like what 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 was like the details on that just what a post for some cash or
1: No, so they, it was a post for Labor Day and they sent me like, I don't know what it was at 700 bucks worth of steak. They sent me, I just pulled up to the house one day and my roommates like, you got this package from Texas Roadhouse. I was like, (laughs) oh yeah, I forgot about that. We opened it up and there's like 25 steaks in this dry ice cooler. It was awesome. uh,
0: Yeah, that's a pretty good deal right there. All right, Drake, that's all the questions I got for you. Really appreciate you coming on the show. I want to wish you the best of luck here this upcoming spring down there in Tempe. Hopefully you ball ball out seeing the College World Series here next spring. So uh, just really appreciate you coming on the show. Super glad to have you part of this JKR podcast times Arkansas sticks series I'm doing. So we just really appreciate it.
1: Yes, sir. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me.
0: And that's going to do it for another episode of the JKR Podcast. Number Episode number one of three this weekend. Got a great weekend here, but already a great episode here today. But even more episodes coming, going to make it a great weekend the rest of this week. Like I said, some great content here with Drake. Really enjoyed learning about his career. So definitely want to thank him for coming on the show. Um, just wish, actually want to wish him the best of luck as well as he goes into the spring in this shortstop competition. Um, hopefully he's down there potentially leading Arizona State to a College World Series. But don't forget, tomorrow we have Troy Wanting on the podcast as well. Another transfer uh big 10 all freshman team last year was at purdue now at texas a&m as an incoming sophomore then sunday we've got joey spence notre dame catcher got to experience that college world series a little bit last year as well um and then more episodes next week as well as part of this arkansas stick series but for any more updates on the podcast check out our social media check out our website social media is going to be at jkr underscore podcast on instagram tiktok and twitter website's going to be www.jkrapodcast.com. So check those out, give us a follow, give us hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts and I'll catch you guys tomorrow.